What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing pretty good. Another night of flag football, gone quick, but ready for this. Thankfully, I got all the stuff in before I left, so it was much easier to come home. <laughs> there you go. We also are joined by Sean again. It's been a couple weeks, but Sean is back. Sean, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, a little upset because I've been so used to playoff baseball, postseason baseball the last like week. The fact that there is no game on today is it was kind of sad. But game five tomorrow. Um, I, but it doesn't mean I'm not sad about no game today. Wish the Rays could have gotten it done because I have no interest in a Boston Houston ALCS. No, it's, not not even in the slightest. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I'm I'm still sad that you know the Blue Jays aren't competing for a world series right now because that would have been more fun but um but yeah the, so i think the Mar- the mariners would have been more fun for me if the mariners would have somehow snuck in i mean with their whole no postseason in 21 years thing that would have been yeah. a cool story Fair. but um, I, yeah i mean i'm hoping i'm hoping the giants are able to handle business at home tomorrow because i have no interest either of like a Dodgers, Red Sox, or Dodgers, Astros World Series. So if the Dodgers do win tomorrow, I'm hardcore Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I'm in on that as well. Uh, We are here to talk through Thursday night football and our starts and sits for week six. Is that the right? Yeah, that's the right week. It's week six. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys check out uh, our Twitter at the Cut FFB or our YouTube or the podcast feed wherever you're listening to this right now. The Coach Approach aired last night, and uh, Matt Cooper, the the underscore coop on, on Twitter, he was the guest on the Coach Approach, and it was a really good episode, so you guys should go check that out. Uh, tonight, we have the College Football Cut with Adam and Jared. A lot to talk about college football-wise with Alabama losing and Spencer Rattler and, and a lot of stuff going on, so that's going to be a really good show. And then Friday, we have DFS Deep Dive, as always, so we have got you covered for this week of football in general uh reminder we mentioned it a couple weeks ago we are doing subscriber only content we have not yet released an episode for that uh but if you guys have ideas shoot them to us and and we'll see what we can do uh we want that to be tailored to what you guys want to hear so just dm someone at the cut ffb or you can dm me yeah probably not me because i don't know if i'll get back (laughs) to you like they would yeah, that's true. Also, you know, DMing the cut account is is hit or miss. Maybe try at C Williams NFL because you know that's probably <laughs> why is better. it hit or and miss? Even even that's gonna be you're looking at 70 30. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, it it's tough. So uh and then we we said we were gonna do a listener league update, and uh I shouted out Wayne on Monday night's show. He was listening at the time. He texted me and said, Of course I won. So Wayne is in first place. That is all I know. Randy, do you by chance know what the listener league is looking like at this point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Wayne is in first, followed by uh, Petranko, then Steve, then Brett, then Troy, then you and Sweet, uh, Nick Bartlett, uh, Cruiser, Rich Seema, us, uh, Matt, and D. Ross is last uh, with no wins. But <laughs> so we have, a, we have a winless, a one and four, and then four two and threes, three three and twos, and three four and ones. So it is a very tightly contested race. I believe me and Sean have only lost to 
the teams that are <laughs> above us in the rankings, which is very fair. But had a couple bad weeks with like injuries and just poor play. Hopefully, we can write the ship against Bartlett this week. Yeah, good luck to you guys. Uh, right now, we have a we have a tough matchup against Petrenko this week, so hopefully, we're yep. going to be uh, taking over a little higher seed. But uh, if you guys aren't in the listener league and you want to be, we do this every year. So uh, just make sure you tune in before the season next year. Uh, If you're a new listener or something like that, we do a kind of like a drawing uh, where we have you guys enter and then you get to play against us and the winner gets a signed Jersey for uh, of a player on your team. So fun stuff. And if we win uh, the opposite team gets to, get a jersey for us and that would be fun for us too so uh but hopefully you win and we get you a signed jersey whatever all right thursday night football uh tampa bay is going to philadelphia to face the two and three eagles the bucks are four and one they are six and a half point road favorites in this football game 87 percent of bets are on tampa bay and the points randy does that shock you at all and then also talk walk me through some of the other betting stats that you have listed uh yeah i the points gives me some pause especially after how well the eagles played against a a a really good team so far this year in the panthers last week um so i am perfectly understandably fine with people taking the defending super bowl champs that have looked really good outside of one week against the rams (laughs) over the eagles who are two and three you know like that's that makes perfect sense to me the six and a half line is tough. I do expect them to be up early and often. Brady does have a thumb injury that could hinder the amount of times he throws. But if that's the case, that means they're going to be running the ball more and or throwing it very, very quickly outside to guys like uh, A.J. Brown and Chris Godwin uh, and Cameron Wright and the running backs. So I, I don't see a way. The Eagles have to play perfect to win. Yeah. So. I'm gonna. I understand it. It just it make it make more sense to me if it was like sixty percent on the points. Uh, over under for this game is fifty two with sixty nine percent of the bets on the under, which is even more shocking that eighty seven percent of the bets are on the points for the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that means they expect I, a lower scoring game and the Eagles to just basically not score at all. Yeah. Sean, do you do you find that shocking as well? Do you think that's a little bit of recency bias with the Eagles offense struggling last week? I think it's a little bit of that as well as a lot of times Thursday night with a quick turnaround, it's a little bit tougher to get like to, to see those points a lot. I mean, even I know that Russell Wilson was out. He went out of the game last week, but I mean, what that score was 10, seven and a half. I mean, that was only. Yeah. Both teams struggled to get going until the second half. So I think that's that's part of it, as well as I think a lot of people are expecting a lot. Uh, if if anything, it's that the Buccaneers would score the majority of those points. I don't think I, I don't think people are um, believing too much in the Eagles' chances. So I think they're thinking about the fact that the Buccaneers would have to do most of that themselves to to reach the over. Yeah. That makes some sense, and the the Thursday night thing makes a ton of sense to me. We've had a lot of crappy football games um, on Thursday night, crappy in the sense that like you can tell that in the first half 
and players seem to still be getting their legs underneath them because it's a quick turnaround and cancel Thursday night football forever. Uh, just give the slate to college football or something. Well, why so, don't like, I don't understand why they don't kind of look into more like, I don't think anybody would complain about doing two Monday night games or something yeah. like that. Like if they want to break it out to give more primetime stuff, if you did like a seven and a 10 o'clock Monday night game, I don't know. I don't know who would really be upset about that versus the quick turnarounds for Thursday night. Yeah. Maybe. Or even, even Saturday, but I know, and like, I know the NFL does that as the season starts to wrap up and I, I get that you're fighting with college football, but anything would be better than, than this setup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and a lot of times uh, when the teams played where they were, isn't taken into account. It's just, well, this week it's these teams. Mm-hmm. They didn't play yeah. Monday. Okay, they can play Thursday. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, with that all being said, uh, the the fantasy relevance in this game is seemingly high. But as as we've kind of alluded to, these tend to be lower scoring games. So, your Brady, your wh- I would say what's yeah, that these are these are good defenses. I know that yeah. the Bucks have been struggling through the air with all the injuries. Uh, and the Eagles are kind of hit and miss right now with what they're doing. But in general, they're a really good run defense that tries to make turnovers happen in the secondary uh, where it's kind of like the opposite uh, <laughs> for the Bucks. So uh, they're just a- entirely great at stopping the run and they just are getting sieved through the air. So I would expect the Eagles to entirely abandon the run always to just abandon it within the first drive. And just Jalen Hurts to be killing it. Yeah. So you would start Jalen Hurts this week then, Randy? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sean, are you on that same mindset? Stay tuned. Okay. Yep. I need to look at this doc before we before we go sometimes. But <laughs> just I don't ask I, questions. I don't do that. Um, okay. So with Brady having the thumb injury, the Eagles having uh, you know, Here's here's my dilemma, I guess. The the Eagles have a pretty stout run defense. They're they're pretty good against the run. The Bucks are a very, very pass heavy team, though they have shown a willingness to give Leonard Fournette the ball in certain matchups. This doesn't feel like one of those matchups, but with Tom Brady having that thumb injury, Sean, are you concerned about starting Brady at all this week? Nope. Not even a little bit. I don't I don't think it's I don't think he's a questionable start at any point this year, regardless of the defense that he's going to face, just because um, that that uh, just because their offense as a whole is too good. So I'm I'm not I wouldn't I have Tom Brady. I want to say maybe in four of my leagues. I'm not second guessing. I haven't even looked to the waiver wire anything like that because nobody that you're going to pick up at this point in the season. I'm not starting Taylor Heineke over Tom Brady. I'm not starting Sam Darnold. I'm not starting Joe Burrow. Like the guys that the guys that you would play instead of Tom Brady, I, I'm I'm I want Tom Brady 100% more. Unless you have Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, you're not you're not worried about it. Yeah, I, I think that's a yeah. fair assessment of it. Randy, are you concerned about that thumb injury at all? I am slightly just for the volume of passing, but that doesn't mean he, he still has the incredibly high touchdown upside. So it's, it's kind of a pass. <laughs> Even if he doesn't throw 30 times, I, I still think he can have a efficient day that gets you what you need from him on Thursday night. 
Yeah, and didn't he injure this thumb in the midst of one of the greatest old quarterback performances in the history of football? Like last week he went off. Did the yes. injury come towards the end of the game or was it? I guess I don't even know this. I don't know either. I didn't really look into it because literally well, said he that, injured his thumb, but he's fine. So I think that's saying that's probably saying enough right there is the fact yeah. that it, it it's not a big enough deal that we don't even know when it happened. So it, it's not going to – you feel like it's not going to affect his game. Yeah, True. That's very good points. Uh, in terms of the Bucks receivers, I, I think you have to start Antonio Brown with what we saw last week. However, the target share is still in favor of Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans is going to draw a tough matchup, I assume, of Darius Slay, who you know he scared Sam Darnold last week and, and ended up with a pick. Uh, are you guys concerned about Evans this week? Are you guys for sure starting a B? How are you playing this Tampa wide receiver room? Sean, you can go ahead and start. So right now I have Chris Godwin ranked 13th. I have Mike Evans 15th and I have Antonio Brown 24th. Basically this kind of goes back to my same point is that this offense is too good and you're taking the shot of you you're you might not guess right chris godwin didn't have a touchdown last week antonio brown had one mike evans had two a couple weeks ago mike evans was kind of more of it and but then like you look at early in the season uh chris godwin had the majority of it you're you're always gambling with those three receivers week in and week out for who's going to get the volume when it matters but they're all going they're all big enough like they're all good enough receivers with a good enough offense that you're starting them every week if if you miss and you're if Mike Evans isn't the one that gets the touchdown there's still a chance that he goes 7 for 80 and, and you're fine with that because you're not you're you're not expecting the, you're not you don't have the like top 10 wide receiver expectations for any of these guys you have just kind of top 15 top 20 for all of them so there's definitely a difference there. So you're starting all of them, and if, if you miss out on a week, then it, it happens. Yeah. Randy, what about you? Um, I, I think, like you said, with uh, Evans, with the assumed potential only tough matchup, really, of this group, of this uh, secondary, I think I'm farther back on him this week because I think he might need a touchdown to – equate the same amount of points that the guys that are open more in the slot and just get open quicker. AB and Antonio Brown are getting open quicker that way. Evans really hasn't been getting a lot of deep shots either, which should be his strength among this receiving group. And that's, what's kind of wearing me off of him so far. Uh, and with Gronk out yet again, we saw last week a willingness to go to break, but not an effectiveness necessarily. And I think that, again kind of happens with an uptick in targets to godwin and ab yeah now i will uh i will say obviously last week as i alluded to tom brady had a, a legendary performance and all of those uh receivers did well so chris godwin yes. was the three i think this week evans is the three in my rankings and still you you start all of them like you guys have kind of said so uh, all right, that's pretty much the fantasy performances. Quick one-word answer. You starting Devontae Smith, Sean? Stay tuned. Two words. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I really need to read this, Doc. Uh, Randy, are you starting Devontae Smith? Yeah, I have him as a wide receiver too this week. 
He's he's gotten seven targets in weeks, I believe, or seven catches actually. Yeah. So he yeah he's been going a little crazy. So, all right. Uh, really quickly before we move into our starts and sits for the week, Thrive Fantasy picks as we always do this podcast is sponsored by thrive fantasy make sure when you guys download the app you use promo code the cut it will match your deposit up to a hundred dollars instantly so that you're able to use that money to prop bet this weekend randy walk me through some of the i wouldn't say locks i would say we feel pretty strongly about the ones that we have here yeah uh first off we're going over on both of the jalen hurts lines that's over 295 and a half total yards. He's been running and passing up a storm. And like we said, it's going to be very hard for Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, anyone to run straight at the middle against this defense. I think they just tried live and die with the ball in Hurts' hands and see what happens past there. And because of that, uh, live and die is also something that's going to be effective for us because we have the over at the two and a half total touchdowns and interceptions. So if he has this worst game of the year, still helps us. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I'm not really worried by either of those lines. Miles Sanders under 74 and a half total yards. He could get it done through the air this week. It's just not been shown. And I, I'm perfectly fine admitting that I'm wrong and they finally just don't see it happening against this defense. And then finally, Antonio Brown over 74 and a half receiving yards. Uh, quickly, I believe Godwin and him have a four and a half reception line that they're both going to hit. Uh, but it doesn't hit for a lot of points. So if you want to turn over uh, to the receiving yard lines to give you more points, I think I'd be most comfortable. Honestly, I'd probably be comfortable going both overs for both their receiving lines. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I don't have too much to add to that. So we are going to get right into our starts and sits. Sean, how about you hit us with your quarterback start of week six? All right. Well, I mean, I think I've alluded to it enough here. Um, so usually the, the we talked about the postseason baseball um, right before or uh, right before we got into the Thursday night preview. Um, usually you, what you'll see is pitchers when when they have a pitch that's working, they're keeping guys off balance. They continue to go to it. I came on the show week four. Jalen Hurts was my start of the week. It ended up working out. I'm going right back to the well this week. I have. Um, Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback right now that has finished inside the top 12 each week of the first five. Um, he goes up against the Tampa Bay defense that's giving up 22.2 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, which is good for 25th in the league. Antoine Winfield and Levante David have already been ruled out for Thursday night football. Um, I'm, he's going to take advantage of Jamal Dean and a shell of himself, shell of himself Richard Sherman. It should be a negative game script. I talked about it when it came to the Chiefs in week four. When the Eagles are behind, for some reason, Nick Sirianni forgets the fact that he has a good running back in Miles Sanders. Doesn't care. So he, they're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball by himself a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay is is very good against the run, which is a narrative that, that people have talked about the entire season. I'm going to continue to talk about Again, for some reason, the, the coaching staff just doesn't have the trust in Miles Sanders right now. So it's it, it, if the Eagles are going to stay in this game, it's going to have to fall on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. And he's a – I'm not comparing him to Lamar Jackson because I don't think anybody can do what Lamar Jackson does when it comes to fantasy points. But 
we everybody knows the kind of cheat code for running quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is the epitome of that. Jalen Hurts is in every week start on like until you get to week 14. And I'm riding the wave. Um, I'm continuing into it this week at Tampa Bay. I have him at my quarterback six. All right. <clears throat> I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, would you start Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts this week? What a low blow. <laughs> so personally in my rankings, I have Kyler Murray at quarterback two, Jalen Hurts at quarterback six. So it would be Murray, but that's not something that you would or like. That's not something that you would do right away. There would be some, some thought that goes into it, but you look at the big plays that the Browns gave up last week could definitely happen again. Um, yeah. And Tampa Bay's just, that secondary is not good. And not having Antoine Winfield is a big blow. Okay, cool. That just helps me. I I have those two in a, a an auction league. I got them for pretty cheap, so I constantly battle with myself. I've started Kyler every mm-hmm. week, so I'm, I think I'm just gonna ride it. All right, uh, Randy, who's your quarterback start this right. week? Uh, I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow this week. Uh, my quarterback eleven of the week, 40, quarterback fourteen of the year so far. I scored over twenty three points in every game except one so far. He's throwing an average of 29 passes a game right now this year. But over the last two weeks, it's been over 30. Uh, Higgins was back last week. Mixon should be full go this week. He's got the full complement of weapons. Chase is looking comfortable. I mean, is there really anything to hate at this point? Uh, we, we got past the, the slow start that we expected. I think once this Higgins is now back into it this week. If we can get the ball moving with Mixon against, let's be honest, it's an atrocious Detroit defense. Uh, I think all everything's going <laughs> the Bengals way. The other good thing for them, Detroit's offense has kept them in the game the last few weeks. They've had two game winning field goals scored on them this season. I expect somewhat similar results this week, which means Joe Burrow is going to have to be attacking all game, which is good. Uh, I'd expect at least what we got last week, which was 281 and two scores, but just without the two picks. <laughs> so yeah. a much better week, but nothing nothing like over the charts, like 350 and four touchdowns. It's very possible, but I'm not expecting that. I don't need that from him, but I know he's going to be quarterback one. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with this, I believe, this week. I'd... I'm always a little skeptical to rank Joe Burrow highly, but this week I have him at 13. So I'd I'd still be comfortable starting him, especially considering some of the other options. Sean, do you have any first, thoughts on Burrow? First week of buys. I mean, we got to. I, I that's my 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 thoughts that you're going to die on that hill that Joe Burrow is just a fancy Jared Goff are funny, whether or not it's true or not. But <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I have I held Joe Burrow in a league where I didn't start him last week against Green Bay. Um, I started Trey Lance, but I held Joe Burrow on my bench simply because of the matchup that was coming into play here. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I have I have Burrow in my top 12, so I'm 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 starting him where I can. Okay. Yeah, he might. He is year 13, Christian. I just looked. I I think he's if he's not. I don't see how he's not a QB1 this week because I don't see him getting the picks. The only way is if Mixon has three rushing touchdowns, which I'll also be happy about. But <laughs> I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. My quarterback start this week is a guy that we've already mentioned on the show somehow. 
I think it's because Sean actually did read the doc, unlike me. But I am starting Taylor Heineke this week. This is a game that has a 55.5 point over-under. It's expected that the Chiefs are going to score points, but the thing is is that the football team have been able to put up some points as well. Uh, when you factor in that the those these are the two bottom teams in terms of quarterback scoring against, meaning that Mahomes is in a get-right type of game, and the Chiefs' defense is in just shambles at this point. So Taylor Heineke last week, you, you may have been comfortable starting him. He had three weeks of uh, over 20 points, and then he put up a dud against New Orleans, but it's New Orleans, guys. We knew that that was in the range of outcomes last week. He's not really that type of quarterback that is matchup proof, but this week is a good matchup. Taylor Heineke has not really been a great NFL quarterback for them. You know, he's made some questionable decisions, but for fantasy, he has been a viable start. He's finished. Uh, within the top 12, I believe just one time, I believe he was just outside against Buffalo in week three, but he's not performing poorly. This is a get right type of game. And again, Chiefs defense, you, the Chiefs defense is a defense now that you target the quarterback that is playing them, which sounds weird uh, with how the Chiefs defense has been regarded the last few years, but that is what it is. That, that secondary is terrible. The linebackers, it, there's no level of that defense that is good. They have no pass rush, and T Taylor Heineke should be fairly comfortable back there. Terry McLaurin should have a good day because of that, and I'd be comfortable starting Taylor Heineke as a QB1 this week. I have him at QB9. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last four weeks for quarterback finishes against Kansas City, uh, quarterback two, quarterback two, quarterback seven, quarterback four. Yep. Not and good. then, yeah, and then you uh, – you factor in that it's Taylor Heineke and you just bump that down a little bit, but you're still comfortable with it. Yeah, I think I think the the, the Taylor Heineke factor probably gives you a mind probably a minus four, minus five, something like that, just because it's <laughs> Taylor Heineke. He was bad last week, but he was. Um, he was. He'll be better. He'll be better this week. I, I will say my my parting note on this is this will probably be the last time uh when Fitz comes back, I believe he takes over as the starting quarterback again for Washington. Yes. Is he even is he going to? Because like he, James White had the same injury and James James White's done. It it sounds as though Fitz will be back later in the year. So probably like at that point I hope you're not at, at that point I hope not relying on Taylor Heineke anyway. That's yeah, that's very valid. Bye weeks. All right. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Week 14 by weeks too. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, all I right. know. That's what I have to deal with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's it's a problem. All right. Running back starts this week. Sean, you can go ahead first again. All right. Um, so I'm actually going to shift gears. I'm not going to focus on the Tampa Bay um, Philadelphia game, but I'm going to go with one of the D Williams brothers. It, it's Damian Williams, not Daryl. I, I consider Daryl, but I'm going to go with Damian Williams this week. He had 18 touches last week after he took over for David Montgomery. Once David Montgomery was put on IR, uh, Green Bay just struggled against the run to Samaj P. Ryan, uh, mainly as well as Joe Mixon last week. Um, they're kind of, the Packers are middle of the pack, but uh, throughout the past three weeks, they've given up two top 10 finishes to opposing uh, running backs. They're averaging about 21.7. Um, I think Khalil Herbert's going to be involved. I don't think it's going to be enough that it's going to hurt Damian Williams' value. Um, Damian Williams is a guy that can be utilized in the passing game. He had three targets last week, but I do think it's more this week because I think this is a closer game. 
Um, the Bears got up early on uh, Vegas last week, and they kind of just um, kind of played the clock management game. They didn't they didn't let Fields rip it as much as maybe maybe they could have. Um, and I think Damian Williams is going to see a lot of that time. A lot of the Khalil Herbert touches towards the end of the game kind of came when it was when it was a given that that the Bears were going to hold on. I think in a closer game, you're going to see more Damian Williams on the field. So uh, I have him as my running back 13. So I think that you can, if you picked him up on waivers after uh, after week four, if you started him last week, go ahead and just keep keep it going, and uh, just hope that Matt Nagy's not an idiot. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we already know what he is. Uh, he is an idiot, but uh, very valid, I believe. Yeah, Damian Williams is my running back 14 this week, so I am right in that mindset as well. Uh, Randy, hit me with your running back start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I went with a guy that's a little bit more uh, well-known, even though he was a backup, Daryl Henderson this week. Uh, great running back. He's already uh, a top NRB2 so far this year. He's my RB9 this week, but he's RB15 of the year. This is more just the matchup. And I, in an expected game script thing, I think he has the chance to be the RB1 this week, and that's why I picked him. Um, he honestly, every time he's played, he's killed it. Giants have the sixth worth rush defense so far. They just gave up great weeks to Zeke and Pollard. The Cowboys had over 200 rushing yards last week. Rams had the same touchdown upside and expected early lead as the Cowboys last week. I understand Daniel Jones got hurt as well as every other player on that offense. So it did breed a more running down the stretch game for the Cowboys. Uh, but I, I don't see why that can't be a possibility this week. The Rams are a much superior team. And let's be real, Daniel Jones is progressing, uh, but he's still not out of concussion protocol yet. He very well could not play and or be susceptible to injury again. Uh, everyone else is still hurt. So, so it's literally just possibly Daniel Jones and Kadarius Tony, and I'm not really scared of that. So I think they get up early, and Stony Michelle probably gets 60 yards, but Henderson probably has 150 and a couple scores. Like, I know that's top end. I'm just saying that I, I don't see how that's not possible this week. Yeah, I I think it's well within his range of outcomes. As someone who is a Daryl detractor, I have him at RB7 this week. So, uh, yeah. yep, yep, I'm in on that. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on Daryl Henderson before I move into mine? No, I mean, I'm the lowest on him, and I have him as uh, running back 12. So Yeah, <laughs> fair. So. Like I said, he, he's uh, he, he's already a top-end RB2 on the year. I know it's a little bit of low-hanging fruit. It's just the, the possibility of being the RB1 was a little bit uh, too much for me to back off of. Yeah, for sure. All right, my running back start this week is a little unorthodox, and, and it doesn't make a ton of sense if you look at just the, the output from last week where this, this player got six carries. But I am starting Latavius Murray this week. He gets the Chargers, who are just absolutely atrocious against the run. They have the fourth worst rush defense PFF grade. They are second worst in terms of rush DVOA. Uh, to put that into perspective, almost every team has a negative rush DVOA in the entire league, even if it's marginal. The Chargers and the Chiefs are the only two teams that have a positive, which is a bad thing in rush DVOA. Chargers are come in at 0.4%. So... Teams are 
are finding their way on the ground. And what better team to do it than the Baltimore Ravens? You might say, well, Tyson's still there and Devontae Freeman's still there and Lamar's still there. Yep, 100%. But Latavius Murray did lead the backfield and carries with just six last week. It was an, an through the air type of attack. But if the Browns showed us anything, it's that you can put up a ton of points while primarily running the ball on this Chargers football team. The Ravens are going to do everything they can to keep Justin Herbert off the field, I think. And I do believe that this is going to be another high-scoring game, maybe not as lucrative as that Browns-Chargers matchup from last week, but I'll still take the starting running back for the team that's playing the Chargers most weeks. And this is no different. Latavius Murray also did get involved in the passing game. Now, he didn't lead the the backfield in target share, but he had three targets, caught two passes for 13 yards. Not great output, but definitely workable where you can pick up a couple points here or there. He's my RB17 this week. I am comfortable starting him as an RB2. And, you know, now that I'm saying it, it's probably going to be the Tyson return. You know, he's probably going to get out there. He fixed his fumbling issues. No, I don't think that happens. I think Latavius has one heck of a fantasy football performance this weekend. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um, it's I have him at uh, RB24 this week. I'm definitely higher on him. He's got the most promise than any of the Baltimore running backs. I don't think I have another Baltimore running back ranked this week, and that says a lot about <laughs> with uh, – there's a lot of key running backs out this week, so I think that says a lot um, because I just don't know who to trust there. He's the only one that's been consistent in this workload since he's been there. Uh, Tyson looked good early, but the fumbling and inefficiency caught up to him. Uh, so we'll see how it breaks down, but I'd rather bet on the guy that's been consistent. Yeah. My thing with Tyson is he's definitely the best runner. He's most explosive, but it's like he's, a Ronald Jones got, situation. Um, well, where... he's got the most juice for sure. I don't know if that's the same with Ronald Jones necessarily, but... It is. Damn it. He has the most. Juice. All right. Uh, wide receiver time, Sean. We're just going to we're going to keep the same order because I think it's working out well. So, Sean, you're up first. All right. So I'm going to go back to the well. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, wide receiver stack of Jalen Hurts. My wide receiver start of the week is Devontae Smith. I kind of gave my reasoning behind why I think um, Jalen Hurts is is going to have a very, very solid game. Uh, Antoine, no Antoine Winfield, no Levante David. Um, I'm, I think Devontae Smith is going to take advantage of that secondary between Jamal Dean and Richard Sherman. Um, Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith has yet to have less than six targets in a game. So the rapport is already there with Jalen Hurts as his first option. I mean, you look at Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager is having three catch games. So while I think Rager could sneakily have a decent game this week, uh, Devontae Smith is far and away Jalen Hurts' first option. Dallas Goddard tested positive for COVID on Monday. Um, he still hasn't been removed from the COVID list, so it doesn't sound like he's going to play. So that takes a piece, a main piece of who he's throwing to out of the game. Um, if the Eagles have any chance, they're going to need to throw. Um, so Devontae Smith and in DFS, I, well, I guess it's Thursday night, so you would probably have to, but if I'm doing any kind of DFS lineups, I'm for sure stacking Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yep. I have him as my, this is the highest I've been on him all year. I have him as my wide receiver 20. So I will say 
then to answer the question because it does help uh, our listeners for Thrive. His receptions line there seven and a half this week. He's been very, very close to seven the last two weeks it, with the increased involvement. Do you think he breaks it? Seven and a half? Yeah, I do. Because I, I mean, think that's huge. No, no, Dallas, like no. Points. If Dallas Goddard was active, I'd probably say no, but that takes that takes a target away, or that takes an option away from Jalen Hurts, where I think he's going to rely more on Devontae Smith. Agree. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to see and Jalen Hurts' A dot of three point four yards coming to fruition. Devontae Smith is already, I believe it's he's already hit, he had he had a touchdown called back against against Carolina last week on a stupid Greg Ward play. I don't know what he thought he was doing there. So like Devontae Smith has already had two or three touchdowns called back. He could be a top 18, top 20 guy this season. Yeah. He's the Robert Woods of 2021. Yep. All right, Randy, hit me with yours. All right. Uh, I went with Cortland Sutton this week. Uh, I know a lot of us are actually very, very high on him this week. He's my wide receiver 13. He is the wide receiver 28 so far in the year. He's had two games over 27 points, including last week. And then he's had a couple kind of duds in there. Um, But when you remember Bridgewater injury game, First first game with Judy taking a lot of the targets away. There's some reasoning behind the lower output games there, but we've seen the upside, and let's be honest, uh, the Raiders secondary is nowhere near elite, and it even feels weird to say that that term uh, with the, the name Raiders defense uh, because that secondary, even when healthy, is garbage. They are banged up. Uh, they're, they're actually... If you actually look at stats, they're top-end passing defense as of now, but that's only for a yard standpoint because teams are able to run all over them. I think the Broncos do a, a good mix because, I I mean, one of two things happens this week with the Raiders. They they either come out flat defeated from all this, which is, is incredibly fair. They first practice was uh, today <laughs> uh, of the week, so it's somewhat understandable. But when you know who Derek Carr is, what kind of leader he is, uh, he's he's always spoke about having a Baba mentality. I, I think he is getting these guys ready to come out firing, which means this is going to be a good game and possibly high-scoring game along the lines of the Raiders' first couple weeks. And in that instance, I want the best receiver in the game, and that's Cortland Sutton. That's disrespectful to Darren Waller, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, he's a tight end, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, no, yeah, that's, I mean, I saw some stats today. Cortland Sutton is, he's top, I believe, 12 in targets in the entire league right now. And this is with Tim Patrick getting a decent target share at this point, too. And he's also leading the league in air yards. And there is a strong correlation of air yards to fantasy points. And so... I am in on this as well. I want to say, yeah, I have Corlin Sutton ranked at my wide receiver 10 this week. I'm full send in that. So. Fair. <laughs> cool. I have, Tim right. Pat- I have Tim Patrick in like four leagues, and I forget that I have Tim Patrick in those leagues because like <laughs> Every, everyone I, I, I never I never start him, but he always ends up scoring 14, 15 points. And I'm always like, oh, hey. 
Tim Patrick scored again. It's like, does this dude even play football? I guess he does. I guess he plays for the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I don't think I've started him yet this year either, but he's on a few teams. Um, maybe this is the week. It seems like it might be the week. But we say, I feel like people say that every week about maybe this is the week for Tim Patrick. And it is the week for Tim Patrick, yet you don't fucking play it. Yeah, yeah we, we still won't. All right. Um, my wide receiver start this week is a, I'm just all in on the Baltimore Ravens this week, I guess. But I'm going with Hollywood Brown. He has reclaimed that title. He is now allowed to be called Hollywood. He is coming off what I would argue is his best career game. I might be forgetting one uh, last year, but he had 10 targets this last week, nine catches, 125 yards and two touchdowns. And most of that coming in the second half. Uh, This was a game in which Lamar Jackson threw the ball a ton, and it wasn't really a traditional Baltimore Ravens game script, which was ironic since they were going for the record for most hundred yard rushes, rushing games. However, they still hit it because they're the Baltimore Ravens. Hollywood Brown though is the wide receiver six on the season. And so this is a guy that you may have entered the year as a, Oh, I'll pick Hollywood Brown up and, and I'll play him when I have to, but I really don't want to because that's the type of player he's always been. He's pretty much a must start now. Even if you just toss him in your flex, he's a must start. This week is no different. I know I just preached about how the Chargers can be beat on the ground. Absolutely. But remember the part where I said, I think this is a high scoring game. And I think that means that Hollywood Brown is going to either find the end zone or get fed these targets. I don't think that the entrance of Rashad Bateman is going to affect him as much as some might, which is why I made him my start of the week. I know some people are a little skeptical with the rookie coming in. I don't think... Rashad Bateman commands much more than what Sammy Watkins is getting, which is 18% or so of the target share. Mark Andrews is going to get his. Hollywood Brown is going to get his. And then Rashad Bateman is kind of wide receiver or target number three for that team. This week, again, they're just going to score points, and I'll take the wide receiver one on that team and start him comfortably. I have him ranked inside my top 12. He is my wide receiver. Wide receiver, scroll, 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 six. This is, he's why, my wide we, this is why we don't prepare beforehand, folks. <laughs> yes, no, he's my wide receiver six on the week. Why so we don't prepare. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, Christian. No, that's Christian's the only asshole. Um, um, also, so, you, you talked. You talked about. Um, remember that this is the Baltimore Ravens. Remember that this is a high-scoring game, and remember that Latavius Murray just isn't very good. Yeah, I mean. I can't say that though because I made it my start of the week. So he is he's good this week. No, I think I think it's a very similar thing uh, to again. I liken it back to the Browns versus the Chargers because the Browns and Ravens are very similar teams, and Lamar can throw the ball when he needs to. Chargers secondary didn't look all that great against the Browns, and so coming off of that, coming off a high as well, I think they are susceptible to letting in some wide receiver points and I'm banking on it with Hollywood this week. Is that in is that in Baltimore? It's a good question. <laughs> good question. Uh it is no yes. Yes it okay. is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Then that that makes more sense. Yeah. All right. Let's go to tight end. Sean you're first. Okay. Um so 
We all know my feelings. If if you've been a uh, if you've been a podcast listener for the past couple of years, you know my feelings on tight ends. I really just rank Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle when he's healthy, and then don't care about anybody else. But um, Dawson Knox is starting to become an every week starter just because of George Kittle is on IR. TJ Hawkinson has just disappeared the last couple of weeks, and that's pretty much it. Um, so he, the Titans have been okay against. Uh, posing tight ends uh, recently or in their in their last few games. But when you look at the teams that they've played, you have a who's who of meh. It's um, you have the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Colts, the Jag, or, uh, the Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, Jets, and Jaguars. Can you guys name more than two tight ends on any of those teams? Um, a lot of teams, man. <laughs> uh, Max Williams, Gerald Everett, uh, 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 Kurt, Will Disley. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only remember Cardinals and Seahawks. Did you say, did you say just, Dan Arnold? Just, Randy, just the names that you've mentioned prove my point. And, yeah. and uh, Dan Arnold last week against Tennessee Career finished game. as the tight end six. Yeah. Career so. Game. Dawson Knox is being utilized. He only, I mean, he's only catching the ball four times, but he's had five touchdowns in his last four games. And that's all the, that's all the upside you need when you're not starting one of the big name tight ends. Um, you just need a guy who, who has a shot to find the end zone. And I think Dawson Knox is as good a bet as any right now with the way Josh Allen is running that offense. Yeah. Yeah. He's a weekly start. I think, I mean, I just, did we we thought well i didn't think but a lot of people thought that gabe davis was going to be the you know the breakout receiver for them kind of ignoring that emmanuel no, sanders yeah, was nobody expected exactly. right exactly yeah and nobody it, everybody forgot about emmanuel sanders um to the point of because i i mean i draft i took a couple late round shots on gabriel davis dropped him after week one and i've actually been able to pick up emmanuel sanders in a decent amount of leagues yeah but Dawson Knox works different areas, and we could have seen this coming. I feel like I said it over the summer, and then I just didn't follow up and rank him that way. So, big, well, big flub. In fairness, uh, I'll say his main issue to being a top-flight tight end is still there. He's not a target machine, yeah, and that's what that's a lot true. of them are. He is just a touchdown machine of right now on an offense that is seemingly – peaking back to its form last season so yeah for sure all right Randy. would you take christian would you take him rest of the season or tj hackinson <sighs> that's a mean question <laughs> uh i mean with what we've seen hawk didn't even practice today so like it am i losing a week or two on a bad football team i think i'd take dawson knox rest of season i know that yeah. sounds crazy it's That's fair. Wild. I mean, I've I've consistently every week been dropping Hawkinson in the rankings, waiting for something to happen, especially because golf hasn't looked bad. No, like he's, he's been de- fine. He's de- yeah, he's he's definitely not like the a stud franchise quarterback or nothing, but he's looked good, and he's and, kept and teams in, his team in the game. You look at who he's without Hawk. Well, that's what makes no sense is you look at – he's throwing to Khalif Raymond. He's throwing to a rookie in Amon Ross St. Brown. He's throwing to my boy, Quintez Cephas. All right, <laughs> Yeah, right. 
Um, it, but it, it's just it's bizarre. So like Randy said in his rankings, um, you're going to you're going to be fourth. Now you're going to be sixth. Now you're going to be seventh. You stay there until you figure it out. TJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of what it's going to be, unfortunately. And maybe with Cephas going down with a broken collarbone, uh, even with the emergence of St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know. That's what I said on Monday. I think Alvin Ross is going to get an emergence. We showed it last week and kind of the week before, but it's just one of those like, Maybe it's now, but I think teams are going to continue to just say, nope, not him. <laughs> Which Never is fair. anybody else. That's yeah. fair. All right. All right, Randy. For me, uh, I'm going Zach Ertz this week uh, for everything Sean said with his yeah. quarterback yeah. and wide receiver. <laughs> and for what he said about Goddard testing positive for COVID because he's out for 10 days from that day. He's not playing this weekend. There's no chance. <laughs> well, uh, unless he has three, unless he has three negative tests, and he wasn't yes, able but to get it, that in before Thursday. Yeah, the right. odds of him have because it has to be three consecutive like days, yeah. pretty much. And right. he's he's running out of time. I don't think he plays, uh, especially because you know it's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's actually out because he he got it on Monday. He would have to get it Thursday morning. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Plus, I mean, the last three weeks, you look at Zach Ertz's targets, seven targets against Dallas, eight targets against Kansas City, six targets exactly. against Carolina. Exactly. Uh, to, to echo that, he's had a couple of good weeks. Uh, Double-digit points, nothing astounding, but for tight end position, very good these last couple of weeks with Goddard. And Devontae Smith having seven plus seven catches the last two games, a lot of targets. Everything's working well for everyone else, and he's still doing pretty well. And Hertz uses the tight end a lot. Hertz has a high ceiling and a game they're going to be behind. Yep. Actually, Randy, thanks for that. Because in our AFL, I had Tyler Conklin. I just picked up Zach Hertz instead. Give me that. <laughs> give me that Hertz Hertz stack, baby. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm in on this as well. Um, we we're in agreement a lot tonight, uh, which is a little worrisome. Yeah, after. After you, oh, oh and can we can we all can we mention the fact um, before we before we go to your tight end and our sits? Who was totally right on Brandon Cooks in Week Four? This guy. Five, no. Five. I wait. Week Four, he was good. Week Five, he was bad. Yes. I no. So I, no. Hang on, hang on. No, we're gonna Sean, go, go to go good. to your go to your tight end, but we're gonna have to fact check this. Okay. Uh, all right. My tight end this week is David Njoku, and I know how that sounds. Uh, it's even worse when you see that David Njoku did not practice today. However, he didn't practice a lot of last week. Uh, he's he's been battling a couple different injuries, and it didn't matter. On this past Sunday, he saw seven targets, seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown, and he showed exactly why he was drafted in the first round eight gazillion years ago what it feels like he's really not that old uh and david njoku is the tight end 13 on the year and he's going against an arizona team in which they're okay uh they they are definitely okay against most you know they've their their pass rush is landing and it's kind of helping their team in fantasy points against however uh, Isaiah Simmons is still kind of a liability in coverage. You see him, he if he knows where he's supposed to be, he's really good, and he's ball hockey, and he's everything that we saw. However, 
you can see his head spinning quite a bit still. And David Njoku is going to be able to take advantage of that. And the Browns offense is tailored to make it take advantage of that. I believe that the Browns are going to go out and they're going to throw the ball a lot. And I know that that wouldn't make sense because the Cardinals are not good against the run. And I think that they're going to do it. I just do. I think that uh, a Baker, not a Baker get right, but more of a Baker give me the ball type of Baker got right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still had some concerns against the chargers if I'm being honest with Baker, but I think that, him not getting the ball on that second to last drive is definitely eating at him. If you saw any of the press conference today, he basically said, of course I wanted the ball, but we're going to move past it. And so what I think Stefanski does is he says, okay, Baker, you want the ball, take the ball, throw it to David Njoku and Odell Beckham quite a bit. Jarvis Landry being back may impact that, but I don't know that he is back this week. He, he He got a little bit of work. work. Yeah, he he's eligible to return this weekend. And if that's the case, I might be a little lower on David Njoku. But right now I have him ranked inside my top 12 at the position. He is my tight end eight this week. Again, you talk about who the Cardinals have played. Anthony Ferkser, Tyler Conklin, Dan O'Shaughnessy, Tyler Higby, and Ross Dwelly were the main yep. tight ends for the five weeks that they matched up. Also, Brandon Cooks in week four finished as the wide receiver 53, so eat. How many? Really? He had he had almost ten points. He had seven targets, five catches, forty-seven yards. Wide uh, receiver fifty-three. Whatever. Doesn't matter I, this week. He faces the Colts. He's going to be top twelve receiver. Yeah. No, he's not my sit. He's not a sit this week. I Absolutely know. not. For sure. Speaking uh, of sits, let's get right into those. Yeah, uh, we don't have an uh, ad. Uh, I no. We'll we'll put that at the end of the episode. Uh, so. You know, stick around for a Thrive Fantasy ad. It'll be great. Uh, I'm going to go first with my sits. We're going to switch it up. We're going to go opposite. You did and this on purpose. I did. I I really wanted to talk about how uh, LaVisca Chenault should not be in your lineup. Uh, and LaVisca Chenault should not be in your lineup because LaVisca Chenault is the wide receiver 51 in PPR leagues. He is not. Why are you guys laughing? What is happening? <laughs> Nothing, um, because if I if 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 any of your takes this year have have started the pitch the the torches and pitchforks for the fantasy football community, it's been Lavisca Chanel for sure. Yeah, and I've kind of stayed away from it on the podcast for sure, and I've I've made some sly comments here and there because I'm an asshole, and we know this. We know this fact, guys. However, uh, so it's time about it with you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, however, with with LaVisca Chanel, you can't put him in your lineup. The reason you can't put him in your lineup is he saw a 9% target share in his first game without DJ Chark against a terrible secondary in Tennessee. He saw three targets. He caught one ball for 58 yards. And of course, yeah, that's a pretty good yards per catch average. And he probably should get the ball. But the problem is I don't trust the Jaguars to get him the ball. And this week, he gets the Miami Dolphins, who have a very good secondary. I know they just got freaking toasted by Tom Brady, but Trevor Lawrence is not Tom Brady just yet. And Urban Meyer definitely isn't Bruce the Asshole Arians. So, uh, I'm, is that I'm your sitting, nickname for him? I it's guess. One of them. I, yeah. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. That's the nicest one I have for him, but that's free road. <laughs> 
free Rojo. Uh, so yeah, sit LaVisca Chenault and, uh, and drop LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll, to, to Christian's credit, he he said, hey, there's more opportunity. He succeeded without Shark. Maybe he does it again. And then Dan Arnold made him look like he couldn't play football. Uh, <laughs> he took I away all the I, I believe I dropped him for Kadarius Tony in the league. That's a good, it's fair, good move. But, yeah, hmm. I, I'm in on that. <laughs> and I'm not even really all that in on Kadarius Tony. Uh, for what it's worth, I do have Lavisca <laughs> Chanel ranked wide receiver 42 this week. So if you want to start a wide receiver four, go for it. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> Probably better options. I yeah, I, I I'm at 43, so I'm with you there. Um, but you know what? <laughs> I'm uh, high, on him, of course. Yeah, <laughs> my first one this week is going to be Ryan Tannehill. Uh, let's just keep this quick and simple. <laughs> Bill's defense just made the Chiefs look like crap, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and Mahomes looked very bad. They had four turnovers. Uh, I don't expect that again. In all, in that, fairness, but, I think the weather played a factor in that uh, one. Very, very true. I, I won't. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to steer this to the Chiefs are shitty. Yeah, the Bills are gods on defense, but they're no, very Christian, good. Christian defense. already did the steering towards the Chiefs are shitty. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They are. Uh, they're but the Bills' defense is still very, very good. I think the only way the Titans win this game, and let's be honest, there's a very good chance of that, but the only way they're in the game and win the game is if Henry's absolutely dominating like he has been. It's not going to be because Tannehill. Right, If Julio plays, I'll be a little bit more comfortable with Tannehill this week. Um, I know he got a practice in today, um, at least in limited capacity. So there's some good signs there, especially because Julio's – a fighter through those injuries. He plays with them. Even if he doesn't get the stats, at least him be on the field, maybe it would help out AJ Brown and the rest of that crew, but I don't expect him to play. And because of that, I don't think AJ Brown has a terrific week uh, with Trey white kind of just taking him out because Trey white's played well over the last few weeks. And it's just, it's just one of those quarterbacks. I have him at 18 this week in a two quarterback league. I'll probably play him. But in a one quarterback, I'd rather pick up Heineke. I'd rather everyone we listed is clearly better at quarterback this week for me. I almost right. I well, I have it ranked that way. I'd rather play Trevor Lawrence across the pond. It's it's very close with those those London games are are very hard to predict. It's it's in my opinion, it's it's way worse than the Thursday night games have been this year. It's just always a crapshoot. However, the Jaguars seem to always play really fucking good. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. But for me, yeah. Tannehill in a one quarterback, he's just he's out for me this week. He's my A1 quarterback, so I think he does play well this year. It's just this week I'm just out. I want Julio awesome. to be back. Are these are, are these two games of back-to-back weeks the way that the United States gets back at uh, at the United yes. Kingdom for, for bailing their asses out of World War II? Yeah. By sending by sending up yeah, Falcons just, Jets, we, and, we've waited and this whole time. Jaguars, it, actually. yeah, by sending them Falcons Jets and Dolphins Jaguars, back to back weeks. They've had worse games for sure. <laughs> yeah, so but these are these two are rough, man. I mean, the yeah. tight. I I'll tell you what though, the Titans and Jags always play a, a good game in my opinion. But the Jags, uh, especially are, but the Jags these, are like, playing the Dolphins. Ones. Yeah, it's true. I I just I mean. I would. I want the running backs of this game, and I don't want anyone else. Basically, yeah. No, I, I get it. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit higher on Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, I mean, like Christian talked. Christian talked about 
I'm used to my other podcast. Um, Christian talked about LaVisca Chenault. I, while I, I would agree with Chenault, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a little bit of success utilizing uh, Dan Arnold. I almost said Sam Darnold. Um, but <laughs> utilizing Dan Arnold and, and using Marvin Jones, I think this is going to be a, a much better game for Marvin Jones um, than Should he did last be, week. Yeah. Yeah, but but no, I mean with Tannehill, I would agree. Um, I think it's going to be more run first. Um, my first sit, I've I've talked about it at nauseum. I'm I'm going back to the Thursday night game, but this time it's Miles Sanders. I don't think you should. I know there's been some talk about it. I don't think you should drop Miles Sanders. I don't think that's something that that should be discussed. I know I don't. He, when you look at what happened last week. Sitting Miles Gaskin in every league possible was the right play. It's something I did. The t- the two touchdowns through the air, I don't see that. I don't know if I see that happening in this game. Even if that does happen, you're you have other guys. If you picked up Daryl Williams, if you picked up Damian Williams before last week, even Devontae Booker, like those guys have much much more upside going against going against teams that aren't Tampa Bay. When it comes to Tampa Bay stopping the run, Thursday night football, short week, Jalen Hurts is going to need to throw the ball. I mean, we're the three of us are all in on the me and like me and Randy mainly are all in on the passing game. If if something happens with that, I think it's going to be more Kenneth. If there's a running back that has more success in the passing game, it's going to be Kenneth Gainwell. It's not going to be Miles Sanders. Wait another week on Miles Sanders. He is going to have better games. I think that he is eventually going to start to get the workload that we should be seeing. It happened a little bit last week. He didn't. It didn't really pay off too much, but he was on the field much more than Kenneth Gainwell was. I'm just. I'm not playing him this week. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Agree with every literally everything you said there. He's definitely not a, a drop candidate. I'm not even sure you would want to trade him with what you would get back. Um, but it, he's going to have. He's not going to have a good week unless he has like eight catches, like he, he's not going to be able to run the ball and they're going to give up on it. That's that's really the only problem with Miles Sanders this year is Seriana is just giving up on the run. Uh, for as up. much for as much as everybody talks about how bad Urban Myers looked, rightfully so, Nick Sirianni has not looked much better when it comes, to his, no, when it's come to his play calling, his decision making. He, he's not He has not been much better. Jalen Hurts bailed him out of that. Jalen Hurts and Sam Darnold bailed him out of that game last week. True. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, my next sit, Melvin Gordon, and I'm going to keep it short. Javante's better, and we've seen that Javante's better, and Javante is one of the better running backs in the league at uh, forcing missed tackles. And we've kind of seen the tide turn. Uh, Javante was better in fantasy points this last week for one of the first times because Melvin Gordon's still getting a pretty decent snap share. Uh, but – Javante Williams averaged seven yards a carry. And over the last two weeks, he's averaging over seven yards a carry. And I think they're going to start to give him the freaking rock against the Raiders who are susceptible to allowing running backs to run. So uh, screw Melvin Gordon, start Javante Williams and never look back. Never look back. Don't, don't drop Melvin Gordon though. I don't want that. to no, be definitely Melvin For Gordon's me, getting- there, he's still getting a good amount of work. I, I still am ranking Javante over Melvin every single week, though. Yeah, for me, this it's tough to start either of these guys because this is a legitimate split right down the middle. Like, you're seeing yeah. 49, 51% snaps. Last week, Melvin Gordon got 60%. Javante got 40 You're seeing it split right down the middle, and this is hard. It's hard to trust either of those guys. Barring an injury to one of the two, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be closer to this for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, and I don't I don't say that by 
like promoting Javante. I think I have him as an RB two this week, uh, which would be his best week, but only because yeah. I think he does get that touchdown against the Raiders. And, so. and that's it. And, and it's all going to come down to that um, because Melvin Gordon has still been the guy that's mainly utilizing the red zone. Yeah, man, it's annoying. I hate it, but sit him this week. I'm telling you. All right, Randy, you're next. All right. Uh, I did put a warning on this one as conditional. <laughs> um, and it's it's be it's the health of Sterling Shepard and Slayton, mainly Sterling Shepard that changes this. Um, but for me, it's Kadarius Tony this week. I wanted to put it out there after the the incredible game. I mean, let's be real, played great last week before he decided to be an idiot and punch someone with a helmet on. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. be real there. It was really encouraging for a, a, a polarizing prospect at best. Yeah, it was like really good great, word for it. really great mm-hmm. targets the last two weeks because he needs those kind of targets to be effective. Uh, but that's with everyone else being hurt, possible. <laughs> uh, and in fact, he actually played so good that with him being the only target, he might not catch a goddamn ball this week because he's going to face Jalen Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> When you're the only target and you just had 180 yards, uh, you don't think Jalen Ramsey's licking his chops to just ruin that rookie's career today. (laughs) Like, he is is going to take him out of the game. Because of the target share, he might have a decent day. Do do not expect anywhere near that ever again, probably. But especially in this game, don't expect a touchdown. Don't expect any of that. I'm running away from him. Yeah. I'm in on this as well. I mean, I've... I have Tony ranked as like a flex play this week, but there are much better and safer options. And that was with me not ranking Sterling Shepard, I believe. So, yeah, I and, and he's I expected believe to play. I ranked Slayton because he's the only one that's done a practice in any capacity. I think Sterling is l- aiming to play this weekend, last I heard, but who knows? And, and that's the thing. It, the main part of this is if he's the only option, he's getting Ramsey, he's probably getting shut down. But then if you add in Slayton back and Sterling Shepard back, now he's not the only guy in the room. He's not getting 10 targets. <laughs> so, Evan Ingram week, anybody? No. Melvin Never. Ingram or Evan Ingram? He said Evan. Oh, I heard Melvin, bro. That's why I was like, was, are we talking IDP now, bro? <laughs> yeah, What's up? Right. We Evan Ingram week. <laughs> All right, Sean, your last sit. Yep, I'll wrap it up here. Um, so Randy talked about Joe Burrow as his quarterback start of the week. I uh, it's a good matchup. I talked about how um, I held on to Joe Burrow for the matchup against the Lions. Fancy. I golf. don't. What did you say? Fancy golf. Sorry, I had to throw that. In there. Go on. Um, well, it, 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 hey, we'll we'll see this week, man. Jared Goff versus Joe Burrow. We're gonna find out. That's Which true. Um, a monocle this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do not like this the rest of season outlook for Tyler Boyd right now I think the floor is probably there he's probably one of the safer floor guys um in that wide receiver 25 to 40 range but in games that T Higgins starts his targets have been four uh Tyler Boyd's targets have been four targets nine targets six targets and five targets you can clearly see the shift to Jamar Chase being Joe Burrow's first option granted that you don't really have a tight end to worry about in Cincinnati but I don't know if Joe Burrow can sustain three fantasy relevant wide receivers for the rest of the season. And Tyler Boyd is starting to take a backseat to both T Higgins and Jamar Chase. I I think if, if this, if this continues with Chase, it's, it, 
while while T Higgins being in is going affects Tyler Boyd, I think the fact that Jamar Chase has has been so good is affecting Tyler Boyd even more because it's kind of, he's consistently Chase has consistently been Joe Burrow's first read. I just like I said, I think he's starting to become the third wide receiver in that offense. And it, this is without any utilization in the passing game for Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd could very well end up being the fourth, the fourth option on this team. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, his his floor is there. He just his he doesn't have a ceiling for me. I agree um, with, with Higgins. There, I don't think he does. To your point, um, Higgins has become Burrow's possession guy, and that was. Being a, a pure slot guy, a, a possession type receiver that Boyd is, having that big body possession guy in Higgins, and a, a quite frankly a better receiver to throw to for Burrow with his skill set, it's just it's taking him out of the way because with Chase there being the deep threat and a, a good jump ball receiver as well at times, and a speedster and a good route runner. <laughs> What's left for Boyd to do? He, he's not going to take the top off of the defense ever. And then if if Higgins is taking away the stick work with possession game, what's he got left besides getting a, a ten point game possibly every week? Yeah, I know Tyler, and I know he, I know Tyler Boyd signed until twenty twenty until the end of twenty twenty three. I would not be surprised if in the offseason he tells his agent that he wants to move. Yeah. yeah. And and they can replace the production they're getting out of him yeah. with this receiving group, which isn't even like an. Well, it's very they, top heavy, uh, but it's not like the greatest receiving group ever. And they can well, easily get a much better receiver in the third round. Well, much cheaper. That's, well, and that. if, that's if they find point. if they find a tight end that's not on IR every other week, like Tyler Eifert was a couple of years ago, like <laughs> I get it. Yeah. CJ Uzama had the great game on Thursday night, but like if they can get even a competent tight end then that that's going to change things also. Yep. And like you said, any more, any positive regression for Mixon involved in the passing game mm-hmm. takes away from Boyd. So yeah. all, all the way on board with you here. Same, same, same. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the cut. Make sure you guys subscribe if you are not already. And we would very, very much so appreciate it. If you guys left us some four or five star reviews, if we're a one star podcast, make sure you DM us and tell us why we suck. Those are my favorite. But also leave the four or five star and then just correct it in the DM. Uh, remember, we've got all these great shows that I mentioned at the top of the episode. Go check those out. Our rankings will be updated probably-ish by the time you're listening to this um, today. And so go to the cutffb.com slash rankings and you will find all of those consensus-wise there. Those can help you set your lineups, especially for this Thursday night football game that has a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Do you guys have anything to add before we get out of here? Yeah, if you're a Browns fan, uh, check out my other podcast, Dogs Gotta Eat. Um, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, Gotta Eat. Uh, we're mainly Browns focused, but I put in some uh, fantasy advice in there as well. My brother comes in with some uh, college and pro uh, betting uh, betting advice. And this week, we actually did a rundown of some teams that we thought um, – that we, we did our segment was the good to the bad and the shitty. We were comparing, comparing some teams to see if they, if we believe in them for the rest of the season or, or where they're at. So uh, check it out. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. I'm subscribing right now. I, I forgot to, I, I listened, but didn't subscribe. So uh, go do what I just did. Yeah. 
Yeah, go do what I just did, everyone. Um, Randy, you don't have anything else to add? No. It's the end of the show. I never have anything to add. That's very true. All right. <laughs> for Sean, Sean Ward and Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. Stay tuned for this Thrive Fantasy ad. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later. We gone. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive is awarded over $2 million in cash, so come and prop up today. Use promo code THECUT to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy.